Good morning and good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Marvel Movie Talk right here on Geekscape. Very excited to be with each and every one of you. Excited to have the panel assembled before us to discuss Secret Invasion. Not so secret anymore, if you know what I mean. Joined by the one, the only, the dog like Nate himself. Nate Miller. Nate, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. And resplendent in all of his hair metal grandeur, you can decide. Is he Blackie Lawless? Is he Nikki Six? Possibly Stephen Piercy from Rat. The one, the only, Michael Shirley! Hey, everyone. Let's get ready to rumble. And I, I think it's in public domain now, so maybe we'll have to sing Happy Birthday to Mr. Eric Connor, who got a birthday boy haircut. I, I, I feel the, the fact that you dressed up for us uh, makes me personally feel special. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, and uh, the, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> he just couldn't he the, couldn't hold it in any longer. No, no. Yeah, we, we were, we were going to sing happy birthday at the end of the show. But Michael's like, no. And by the way. Daniel Drew, Michael Shirley returns. So there is a lot of excitement. Uh, Cammy Egan just popped by to say quick below, uh, quick hello. Because I'm at work, Cammy Egan, we're going to have to talk about your priorities. You just you mm-hmm. go to work and you actually work there and you don't just put an earbud in and listen to us. Liked it, not sold yet. And we will talk about the ending. We will talk about all the spoilers. Um, I'm going to start uh, big picture overall. Uh, eh, it's okay. But Ooh. I, uh, you know, and I'm usually the last one to uh, rank things as meh. I think it definitely is constructed like a six-hour series, or knowing Disney Plus, it'll probably be a solid five hours over six episodes. Uh, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm interested. But uh, you know, they definitely wanted to uh, end with a bang for the first episode. Pun intended. Multiple puns intended. But uh, I think it's a little bit, it's, a, it's definitely slow. It's a little thoughtful. And um, ooh, that, that scene with Fury and the uh, MI6 agent, uh, well, I, I, they could have done picture in a picture of a wall of paint drying. And uh, I'm not sure which one my eyes would have been drawn to. So that's me. We'll get into more specifics. Um, Nate, uh, your thoughts on this first episode so far, and we'll, we'll save talk about the, the spoiler uh, at the end for a few minutes, but just in general, your thoughts on the episode. Um, well, first of all, for the record, I wanted to go last. <laughs> well, birthday boy gets to go last. <laughs> That's and fair. If, Mike, I mean, if Michael I'm goes, happy to and also if know, Michael goes, if, uh... if Michael goes first, then the show will actually never end. So, <laughs> well, I am honored to to uh be the first one to say that yeah this was like extremely mid it um i made the very very poor mistake of rereading the comic secret invasion before this series and uh wow um i'm i'm honestly this uh well i'll save that for later but i just it, it didn't look bad um it just didn't feel particularly exciting. I I don't know. I guess I just had high expectations, but I, it was a, a little bit of, of a letdown for me. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, I you know I, I think that there's some backlash from people who saw it earlier that just hated it. I'm like, no, it, it's it's not strong enough to hate. It's just uh, you know, it's not great enough to have me convinced. Like, wow, this is going to be a good one. Like. You know, Falcon and Winter Soldier starts big. You know, a lot of the shows, they grab you right away. Uh, really, even even She-Hulk, I thought. But this one, uh, it, it's not the case. Uh, so now, um, Michael, uh, what did you think? Did you reread the comics uh, before this, or did you just uh, jump right in? No, I did not. I, I knew that the comics had, like like 500 superheroes in it. So I knew there was no way it was going to be anything like that. So um, I kind of came into it fresh. I was most excited about the fact that I'd get to do this and like 
force Christian to have like FaceTime with me. Cause like when I want to talk to him, I want to talk to him like now, like immediately, like you have to talk to me right now. And I get like an hour with him today. So that's going to be a joy for these next six weeks. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, the only way to talk to me, I wasn't really going into it with high expectations. This isn't really like typically my thing. You know, I'm all about superpowers and like the this whole superhero aspect of Marvel, uh, but I actually really kind of enjoyed this show uh, more than I thought I would. Even though there was an appearance by what you consider fake roadie Don Cheadle, no. that didn't that didn't set you off. Uh, I liked how limited he was. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Yeah. I'm, and, uh, I'm always gonna hold a candle for Terrence Howard. We we all remember uh the, the recent election where we all voted Dermot Mulrooney as president, don't you? Uh so uh, <laughs> obviously. Uh which is weird because I actually meant to vote for Dylan McDermott and I just had them mixed up, but that's all right. Uh birthday boy Connor, what did you think of this first episode? I, I'm gonna I, I maybe mean, we split this by by height. Like I, I'm on this with um, wonderful Mr. Shirley here. I thought it was really quite good. And I, I had read this comic, you know, way long back when it was released. And I, I, I'm kind of glad the same sort of thing, although I I almost did what you did, Nate. I was I was like, oh, maybe I need to read it and brush up my memory. But I'm, I'm kind of glad I <laughs> that's over there. Um, and also these, as we know, these TV shows tend not to have the budgets you need to pull off the things they do so beautifully oh, on the page. Oh, we'll talk about that. <laughs> So yeah, this was definitely uh, this. This felt like one of those, uh, you know, in terms of scope, the straight-to-video market uh, that you see John Cusack uh, pop up in now at this point in his career. You know, as far as stuff that looks like it was filmed in Albania. Uh, but that all being said, in terms of scope, I thought though that's also why I liked it. I liked that it was pretty lean. I liked that it didn't necessarily feel like it needed to kind of go big or go home. Like, but rather it, it went a bit more, you know, like a seventies style thriller, a little more cold war feel, a little more reminiscent of my buddy here, Captain America and the uh, winter soldier. Like I, I found it to be so far quite good. I, I enjoyed it. I love seeing uh, Samuel L. Jackson, with a little bit of a gut on him and the idea that the, like the toughest of all of them, was the one maybe most effed up by the blip. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm, all, I'm all for that too. So, you know, in, you know, it didn't floor me like, you know, Loki and, and, and WandaVision, like they definitely got me into the world much more with their first episodes, but I did find this was incredibly enjoyable. Love the acting. Um, uh, what, what was her name? Uh, uh, Sprinkles uh, in how I met your mother, Annie Sprinkles or, Robin uh, Sparkles. Robin Sparkles. I'm calling her Annie yes. Sprinkles. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> you know, I thought she in particular, it was great giving her like a little bit of room to like actually have some legitimate scenes. So, um, yeah, so far so good for me. I Not wowed, but definitely happy I saw it and was uh, really drawn into it. So, I'm so your comment about the uh, the physical appearance of Sam Jackson, are you trying to say that at no point in recent years has he said, get these motherfucking carbs off my motherfucking plate, <laughs> and instead he just ate them? Is that what you're trying to say? I, I'm saying there's apparently a hometown buffet on uh, the Sabre. <laughs> so, uh, no, I think he's... He's living large and in charge, and I, I'm here for every inch of it. Which, which, if like, if there's a hometown buffet up there, uh, you can sign me up. So I, I'm not here to judge or to be critical. Not at all. Way. It looks great. Uh, well, you touched uh, sort of one of the one of the big uh, red flags for this series thus far for me. This first episode. Mm -hmm. And uh, the 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 budget restrictions, uh, the the where this becomes most apparent is this idea like, well, you know, all of we Skrulls have to keep our human form uh, for the entire show for budget reasons. Oh, I mean, some cockamamie thing that I just made up that uh, we can't be detected as easily. I'm like, uh, all right. And, you know. When you have the the changing the shape shifting sound effect happen off camera, 
uh, as it did for the guy at the gallery. You're like, oh, okay, so you see, I didn't, I, you know, look, I know it's TV, it's not a movie, but I don't know that we've seen the corners cut quite so much. I saw every corner in this. And, uh, you know, something like Falcon Winter Soldier, I was impressed by how much money they spent on that. And my feeling is that an industrial park in Atlanta does not look as much like Russia as the locations department said it did. But all of that notwithstanding, uh, let me see if it did that jump out to anyone else. Uh, sort of these things, they like these Disney plus Marvel shows don't always feel like TV. Sometimes they feel kind of like movies that happen to be on TV. This one, this one definitely felt like, you know, like, TV adaptation of Fast Times at Ridgemont High without any of the class except Mr. Hand, who you know, wanted a check. Um, not that in specific, but uh, Nate, how did the production value sit with you in this? I, I mean, I definitely rolled my eyes when when the, she mentioned that they have to keep their their shell in order to to remain cheap. Um, and <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for me, this whole show tonally just feels very strange. It feels like the like the first round of uh, MCU stuff, like where they weren't kind of they're not exactly sure what they want to do. Um, and I don't know. I mean, like especially Nick Fury coming out of that. I understand they're like trying to make an homage to like some of the classic like alien movies, sci-fi kind of things, but like it just looks so bad. Like he, when he yeah. looked back at the like light at the ship and like it just looked really bad. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, this is a, like, this is the ground level stuff kind of like, I think that's, what's confusing is that at least with like Falcon, the winter soldier, like you understand that like, it's a lower power level thing or, or like the Hawkeye show. Like it's like, this is, these are like, you know, no power stuff that's going on here. And with this show, like Nick Fury doesn't really have powers, but also he's like a big leagues guy. And then you have the alien scroll element, but like they don't, they only seem to be like kind of super strong. Like none of them, like the whole point, the whole thing that made scrolls cool is not the shape shifting. It's the copying of the superheroes powers. And so getting an adaptation where we get literally none of that is like, so there's some, so it's like mystique invasion. Like what's, <laughs> where, what is the, what's the, the, you know, alien aspect, like, especially yeah. at this point, it's not even really an invasion because they have been on earth for a while. Like, it's not like they're coming from outer space. It, I don't know. Like, the, and, and a lot of those things, I'm sure like there are limitations in what they can do in a show and the budget that will allocate that. Um, but then looking at that and watching this first episode, I just, I'm thinking just like, why, why adapt this? Why take this name? If it's going to be so unlike what the comic was, why bite off something that's so big production wise in terms of like actually capture the scope, even when you've pared it down to something like this, instead of doing something else, I don't know. It just feels, you know, we'll see how it goes. It's just the first episode, but I'm, I'm really hoping that they will, you know, hopefully very quickly decide like, okay, this is what the show is. And the second episode will kind of establish that. And this was maybe just like a groundwork episode, but just very strange to me, especially releasing this one singularly and not doing the thing where sometimes they'll put like a bunch of them out together. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Cammy Egan says, uh, I thought the second episode was supposed to drop. They had a, like a premiere viewing where they did watch the first two episodes. And I think, uh, you know, there's there's different media lists. Some people get uh, things ahead of time, and some people get others. Uh, so they were sent the first couple episodes, but uh, I I've seen this first one this morning, and and that's about it. And Daniel, Drew, there's the credits right. too. They did oh, yeah, the credit we'll to that. Yeah, okay. let's see. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, because uh, Daniel was also talking about that. I'm sad the opening credits were AI made on purpose to fit the tone of the invasion th theme. They could have just hired an amazing animator. It's disappointing. I, I think sort of saying that they did AI to fit the theme is easier to say than, hey, AI is really cheap. Did you know that? You know, we actually didn't pay anybody. So, uh, yeah, you know, robots can work, you know, across the picket lines. Robots can be scabs anytime. So, yeah, you know, but I mean, it it didn't look great, but uh, it was long was the thing that I was surprised by. You know, was I just I, mean, I looked over 
and I said, this looks like it was made by AI. And then yeah. this morning I pull up an article. Yes, it was ma- made by AI and on purpose too. Like, okay, dude, like you come on. <laughs> yeah, I know. Fe- Feige's going to have to start breaking open some piggy banks. Um, what did you think about the look of the show, Michael? Uh, the view, uh, you know, just sort of the style of it, everything uh, did, uh, you know, maybe you didn't have the same issue with some of production values, but Will you at least agree with me that someone should have gotten Amelia Clark a better stylist? Because <laughs> well, I, I mean, refer. she can she can shape shift, but she clearly doesn't. Uh, she can't get hair quite right. I'm sorry. What were you going to say, Michael? <laughs> uh, I always refer to my body as the shell as well, so I appreciated that. <laughs> That's um, fair. Uh, I was a little disappointed in her casting. There were lots of rumors going around early that she was going to be Abigail Brand. So that was kind of, I, I saw that as being like, that would be really exciting. Uh, and I'm also kind of surprised that an actress of her caliber or pay grade or however you want to describe it, um, went into this project with a character that's not really like a, I mean, to my knowledge, I don't know of this comic this character ever being in a comic book. Um, But on the other hand, uh, that could lead to likeness rights, you know, like it could be cool to her to be the first person to be this person in a Marvel show. Um, But as for the way it looked, I felt like it looked like a show Olivia Coleman would be in, like just like kind of like the dark kind of tone of it. Uh, I, I get why they wanted her in this. Um, I don't know. You know, usually I'm the first one to shit all over everything, but uh, I, I, I'm like the good guy today. I don't really have a ton of terrible stuff to say. Uh, I didn't love the opening credits either. I thought they were odd. It was just kind of odd, I guess. Yeah. That's the best way I could put it. Uh, the thing that took me out of the opening the most was like that he comes down from his spaceship and he has like just rubles for the homeless. Like I was like, where did he get that money? Like he, he, he just like popped out of his spaceship and like, I'm going on a walk and just, it just yeah. like has money for well, there's, there's an ATM on the spaceship. Yeah. I was going to say there's a, there's a Wells Fargo right up there. No, I don't know. It, it, I guess maybe you didn't know that. No, if you travel internationally, you always can exchange your money for any number of different currencies. I, that's the <laughs> thing I bought the most is that there that's someone's gig up there. <laughs> the he banker. still has to go through customs. Yeah. The banker. Oh my gosh, could it be the banker? Oh, the banker. Soldier, who was a scroll all along. Probably. That's, that's the series that Eric wants is uh scroll banker. <laughs> um, well, Maybe maybe he went to champion because when your bank says no, champion says yes. Eric, I would like you to uh, give us your thoughts on sort of some of these looks. Uh, basically, you uh, well, you 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 decide. Are you on uh, mine and Nate's team, or are you team Michael? Uh, as always, you're always team Michael, aren't you? Oh, listen, <laughs> hashtag Shirley forever, of course. Uh, yeah, uh, I didn't mind it. That's the thing. It definitely you could see it. You know, and I love the idea of like in chat GPT to do uh, opening credits and then say, oh, that was by design. I think that's a brilliant way to cover spending pennies instead of dollars. Uh, They should have gotten chat GPT to just write like all the scrolls dialogue. (laughs) All of a sudden, everything is just backwards or just (laughs) misses out on like, you know, nothing feels at all emotional whatsoever. Or it's just properly, it's proper yeah. pronunciation. That's well, it. I, I I won't uh, I I won't spoil a movie newly in theaters, but uh, there there's an opening sequence in the new Flash movie that has to me some really terrible CGI, and the director was like, "No, it was supposed to look that way. It was from Barry <laughs> Allen's point of view," and we're like, "No, no, that's not what it was. It just looks bad." Nice try though. Nice try. Yeah. So that's the same. This is the same thing. That's the. That's the new. No, no, no. We weren't being cheap. We just wanted to look cheap. Oh, okay, great, great. No, when I run really fast, everyone looks like they're from the last Starfighter. Um, I don't know if that happens to you guys or not. 
Yeah, there's some crappy ass CG there. But and um I you know, I think part of what I really dug about this was that was after like Ant-Man, Quantumania, um, and, and Guardians and how this thing is getting so intergalactic. And I realized, yes, the scrolls are not from uh, you know, New Jersey or anything. But the truth is, like, I like that they went kind of lean. I, I think they sort of need a show like this. It's almost like a sorbet between meals, you know, because yeah. in the end of it all, yeah, I'm fancy in my old age. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but I think that's, you know, something that the last few movies have just been sort of like hat on top of hat and just kind of bloated. So I think there was something to be said about these being lean. Now, definitely they have cut corners. And I think the idea of like, right, squirrels are supposed to take powers. Well, I think they did take the powers of uh, the British office's uh, Tim and his snark. That is a superpower that I think the squirrels were able to pull off beautifully. So please don't undermine that. Yeah, in episode two, they're going to impersonate Gareth, so tune in for that. You know, the idea that the comics had 500 superheroes, I think we all would have understood that the series would have fewer, but we didn't think, you know, 499 and a half fewer, you know? I mean, we don't have any superheroes, and I wonder, are we going to see any powers? I mean, for me, the coolest Squirrel was always the Super Squirrel, because he had all the four powers of all the Fantastic Four, and... Uh, you know, and somehow was able to beat all four of them at once. But that's all right. Uh, so I, I hope we get more of that. There's a, a little bit of that where I'm like, all right, I'm going to reserve judgment for a couple episodes. Like, it was fairly apparent in the first couple minutes that this really wasn't Ross. And, uh, okay, but just when are they going to show us that he's a squirrel because of the way that he's behaving? Uh, but what it would have been nice to have addressed and perhaps it will in a future episode. Okay. So does this mean they have Ross and they're holding him somewhere Ooh. or just was this a guy impersonating him and for this one meeting, you know, so do they have him? And I, I think that if that turns out to be something that they held back in this episode, but it is indeed true, I think it's fine. But if they're not, I don't know, then they could have told us, you know, they've been like, no, no, I just called him. Look, I FaceTimed with him. He's, you know, he's in Bermuda, you know, staying out of the sun like a like a good British boy, even though, of course, he's American. <laughs> so I don't know. I think that uh, there's a lot of it where I'm like, OK, they built something really cool. They built this idea. Well, something potentially that could be cool. We'll have to see how it goes. But this idea that uh, Fury has lost a step being kind of the theme of this episode and sort of that being like what this episode is basically bringing fury up to speed, you know? And uh, I, I, so I'm assuming that we're going to get that uh, somewhere in here. Kame Egan said, why did fury ditch the eye patch? What movie was that at the end where he threw all of his stuff in a grave was at the end of uh, civil war. And he set his eye patch and everything on fire. Whenever that was, he's, he hasn't worn it in current continuity since then. Uh, and, and and I guess in Captain Marvel he didn't have it because he didn't get his eye scratched yet. So he's gotten rid of it since then, and uh, you know he hasn't gotten it back. So instead we just have that that weird dead eye look from him at all times. So you know I think maybe he's just you know somebody in the chat said that he was too recognizable. Um, I don't know. I think Nick Fury walking around Russia uh, probably stands out no matter how you do it, but that's all right. I um, thought it was weird how he like limped out of the spaceship, and I was yeah. expecting him to be like say something about something about gravity and getting yeah, used yeah, to yeah. being back on Earth. But it's just like he just kind of rolled on out of there. Yeah, now he. I I think that uh, he was just trying to show us that it was leg day today, so you know he he didn't stretch <laughs> properly. But no, you're right, and I mean they reference it, be like, oh look, he's got a limp because he's old and he's slow. And the most interesting thing about Fury to me is this idea that the blip really kind of changed his whole worldview. You know, this idea that, you know, uh, after that, he just realizes that there's always something, uh, you know, there, there's always something bigger that uh, you necessarily can't beat. And I agree with Cam Egan, who I'm glad hasn't gotten back to work. I would like Fury to belt out Old Man River and maybe put a couple of uh, choice choice uh colorful language in there some some choice words from nick fury but 
so uh, yeah, I think that there's definitely the potential for this to be interesting, but it, it already, I already have a feeling for it of like, okay, so this isn't going to be the big spectacle that it could be even on a TV budget. You know, they're telling a smaller story uh, and a small story. Well, I mean, it's a secret invasion that, uh, you know, I mean, the sequence with the, uh, the dirty bombs and uh, that that was a, um, you know, the, the uh, Talos basically lets his daughter, he's like, okay, give me the bombs. No. Okay. I'm going to put my gun down and let you leave with the dirty bombs, which uh, I thought that maybe there was going to be the explanation of, uh, of why he, he let her leave. It's fine. You don't want to shoot your daughter, but I'm pretty sure that, you know, somebody could have gotten those from her. Uh, but I don't know. Did that bother? Uh, did that bother anybody? Eric, what did you think about the fact that, you know, dirty bombs, which were used in this episode, uh, the idea was to stop her from leaving with them? Well, if this is what dirty bombs are, I'm no longer afraid of dirty bombs. Like, <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, they're kind of like, oh, dirty bombs are just bombs. That, no. That make things dirty. Maybe I, 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 maybe it was a literal dirty bomb. That's that's the thing. Maybe we're reading too deep in. We we're using the vernacular of dirty bomb, which is nuclear, and this is like no, no, dirty bombs are just bombs. And a little, they haven't cleaned it. So I, 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 that whole thing, right? The letting her go. Oh, I'll spray paint it. It's like okay, well, I guess. I mean, I guess she's trying to still stay undercover, if you will, be like a bit of a double agent. But it. it yeah, that moment did not track very well. The the uh, level of destruction. I mean, think about this too, right? Mission Impossible destroyed the entire Kremlin, and and we've seen that, and it was a remarkable sequence. And then here, it was just like, okay, we're gonna blow up uh, some neighborhoods in I don't know where this. It, w- did they film this thing in Georgia? Canada. Oh, it's Canada. Well, I All saw right. a Canada credit at the end. Yeah. That also could be post, though. I yeah, mean, so, yeah. Okay, so they went over to the CN Tower, like adjacent, <laughs> and they like took out uh, a, a couple of poutine stands. I mean, that was <laughs> it. Like it, it didn't, it didn't escalate nearly enough. Although, of course, we haven't talked about the spoiler, but that moment definitely landed. But the rest of it, you're right. It was like it, it was a strange choice. How they got there felt awfully convenient. Uh, a term sometimes we'll use in like writing classes. You hear the sound of paper, meaning. You can hear a writer at work. It's like, oh, no, no, but she'll leave, but then she'll come back and they'll make a deal. And that stuff just feels a little that that moment definitely did did not land anywhere near it like it could have either. So, yeah, didn't work for me. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that it was just a, it was just a huge logic flaw that, uh, oh, yeah. OK, you had this moment with your daughter. OK, we saw her cry. OK, she's seemingly helping you, uh, you know, after you meet with her again, like two scenes later, by the way, uh, in the parking lot. Uh, and I I don't know. I was just uh, I, I just felt like all these same things can happen. Uh, but you could tell the story of. Uh, a little bit cleaner. I what? I guess that's because it was a dirty bomb. Uh, what did you th- What did you think about the dirty bomb at the central of this, Nate? Uh, I mean, I, I, again, I'm I'm hoping maybe that we miss some detail where they were like, we have a dirty bomb, but we're not going to use it right now. We're just going to drop off these little hand grenades to kind of create this trap thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Because otherwise, after the bombs went off, I'm like, cool. So. Are all, is everybody in the main character cast going to die of radiation poisoning now? Like, what? <laughs> Especially after they mentioned the whole thing of, like, the scrolls are living in the nuclear plant because the radiation doesn't affect them. So, okay, the dirty bomb thing makes sense. They're simultaneously starting a war while it's also creating an area where only they can live. Sure. But then if you're doing that... That... Yeah, I just... I don't, I don't know if somebody at production doesn't understand what a dirty bomb is... Um, it's either that or they're going to go next episode. Oh no, actually good thing. We tricked them with these hand grenades and we saved our dirty bomb. And like, that's how the episode starts. Then I'm like, okay, all right. Otherwise, like I need to see, you know, someone needs to be out there with the, the Geiger counter being like, Oh no, this is bad. You know, because like, otherwise what's the point of calling it a dirty bomb and making this big threat and stuff and mentioning radiation, 
I, I, I agree also too, like, even, so I, I understand they're not going to do the 500 superheroes or, or even, even, uh, one and a half out of 498 <laughs> and a half or whatever you said. Um, but I also feel like the other component, right. Is then the, okay. So they're not doing that. They're doing a more grounded espionage kind of story. Right. I'm maybe I just need to rewatch some of the movies, but racking my brain, like I just really don't see Nick Fury as a spy. Like the Nick Fury that we got is the ultimate Nick Fury, which in the comics they based on Samuel L. Jackson. So then when they made the movies, they're like, okay, we'll stick Samuel L. Jackson in there. And he's been entertaining. Don't get me wrong. I love him, but he's much more so been a comedic element, you know, like he's not a really dark, serious, like I have a bunch of secrets. Like, yeah, he's got plans and stuff, but like, nothing near on the scale that the character that is Nick Fury in the comics has. And that lends this weight to this gravity to like, all right, like now we're doing serious spy, you know, cell within a cell agent flip uh, double agent stuff. Like I just don't really see, especially the tone of his character in this first episode. I don't really see them getting that. Like you can have a little bit of that MCU lightness, but there has to be some, for it to be a spy, you know, thriller type espionage thing, there has to be some level of seriousness. And I know the end of the episode kind of adds a little bit of that, but also in a in a in a universe where people die and come back all the time and people disappear and oh that person was a scroll and no that's not who that person was. Like is any of that even meaningful? Like it doesn't hit as much as it would have, you know, maybe 10 years ago now with like the, all the stuff we have from the MCU. So the bomb is just another kind of perfect example of them creating this kind of heavy scenario and then just really softening the blow when, when, when they pull the trigger. Right. No, I think that's, yeah, that's exactly what they've done. You know, it's like they wanted to be this big event, but, you know, they could only hire a hundred extras, you know, things like that, you know, and it's, it's where it comes back again that I've seen every corner that they cut in this. Uh, Michael, uh, before we talk about the big moment at the end of the episode, I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, Nick Fury. If you feel that this is consistent with the MCU version of him, I mean, the comic book version, the non-ultimate version, the Howling Commandos, uh, you know, the, the the agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. is not exactly what we've gotten in the movies. But what do you feel like uh, Nick Fury in this series, a secret invasion? Well, he's no David Hasselhoff. Amen to that. Yeah. Uh, I... I think I've said multiple times, I've never been really a big fan of Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. To me, it's all just like a likeness right scam. It's just, uh, I think that for this series to make a truly impactful statement that this dirty bomb (laughs) keep talking about i mean i guess that has a better ring than like squeaky clean bomb but i feel like since he was there he's gotta have negative side effects from being around it and i think ultimately he needs to die by the end of the series for it to think uh, fury needs to die yeah i think for from from like radiation or whatever's in it, you know, like I feel like for it to have really gravity, you know, and weight, uh, I feel like that's what it's, it needs. And that's always my complaint with the Marvel films is that, oh, the stakes are so high, always, always. But then it's like, oh, everything's fine. Um I, I find it weird that he is so affected by the blip. Like he didn't like lose his house in Malibu because he wasn't around for five years. You know, like he was like, he's not someone that I would think, you know, he's not like super family oriented. Like we don't really know anything about his relationships with people other than Carol Danvers. So I don't really understand why they're putting it like, oh, this was so hard on him more so than most people, or he took it a lot harder. Um, That's a little strange to me, but I guess we're just going to have to keep watching and learn more. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess the idea, maybe it wasn't executed uh, to the extent that, uh, you know, that it needed to be uh, for for everyone. But the idea, I guess, is that this guy basically was whatever the fight is that he's been a part of for all this time. And then Thanos made him realize it's actually not worth it. So coming back was, uh, you know, was tough. But uh, because you mentioned him. Uh, obviously, we could always have a new Nick Fury. We could have the one true Nick Fury, uh, the Hoff, uh, showing up uh, if if that ever uh, was necessary. But we should talk about uh, the big moment. And again, this is the big spoiler from the show. So if you've been kind of watching us passively and feeling like we haven't really spoiled much, uh, the big thing that happens in this episode is uh, the death of Maria Hill. And if episode two begins and they're like, Oh wait, so this was scroll Maria Hill the whole time that got killed. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. No. Cause I don't think it's that, but oh, I don't want that, but I'm I don't want that I'm at all. I think if they're going, to, if they're going to kill her, uh, I always liked the character and yes, uh, like Eric, I always enjoyed Robin sparkles, but if she's gone, she should stay gone. Uh, and uh, because it is the kind of only really impactful thing that happens here. You can see how that, you know, that conversation that Fury had with her over the chessboard, adding on to that, the fact that this happened, I think it'll change him. I think now the rest of the series, he's going to be the Nick Fury that we know. It is disappointing because, again, I like the character. But uh, let me ask you first, uh, Eric, what did you think uh, when uh, the events unfolded in that matter? I, I was surprised, and and I think it, it's in, in. Sorry to do a random matter. Christian, I know you're not a fan of them, but it, it bears witness to. Okay, champions never lose their belts when it's just a house show. I mean, they they only do it when it's like a big event or a taping of like a SmackDown, something that's going to have a lot of eyeballs. But when you see a house show that's not going to be on TV, there's going to be no major changes. And that's what I thought the TV universe of MCU was. I thought, in essence, right. they're going to kill a character over on the TV side. Like, the way that they've treated the TV side has been, like, you know, even though we, we joked about this before, the idea of, uh, you know, all that horrible stuff happens in WandaVision. And then uh, Doctor Strange and her talking, he's like, oh, no, I'm not worried about what happened in New Jersey. Uh, yeah. And and that was it. An entire season of television in which a lot of crazy crap happened was dismissed with one sentence. So I always kind of watch these shows with that in the back of my head now of like, OK, they're not going to necessarily move the needle very much on these TV shows because they uh, because in essence, they're saving those big moments for the big screen. And the idea that it actually could be the end of her. And when it says special guest star at the end. With her credit, I'm like, oh shoot, that might be it. Yep. And if it is, it I mean, they they gave her her best character to play in any of the films, any of the times she's appeared, where there was, you know, she had some of her coolest moments. Uh, I, I mean, I, I was floored, but it, but weirdly enough, I wasn't necessarily floored in terms of watching this show, but more watching the the MCU over the past decade that they would then have such an important character get killed. On TV, though. Well, I guess that's the question. I don't think she's a scroll because that it wouldn't make any sense dramatically for her to be. No, but Michael is what you're trying to say that Maria Hill is not not that important of a character. Is that was that that was what you meant? Yeah, I I mean, I think any actor. She showed up half a dozen times, didn't she? It was after after Coulson died. uh, You know, she really kind of was Fury's right hand. You know, so. I but you, like, you don't feel it that way. I feel like anyone could have played that character. I feel like Roseanne Barr could have played Maria Hill. Yeah. Like, wow. Like, Nick Fury, uh, I'm a domestic goddess. She's very much a throwaway <laughs> character to me. Like, I don't know. I've never really cared about her. I don't really know uh, anything about her. You know, like the MCU doesn't really give you much about her. You get more about her in the comics but yeah. i've never really felt like she's been like just this big part of anything but i do think that her death was 
big and I, I don't blame them for dropping her in this TV show. Whereas Eric is surprised by it. I'm not. I knew when I saw the opening credits, well, she's not going to be in this a ton. Uh, but I do agree with William in the chat that I think we will see her again, a scrawl version of her. Uh, just to mess with Nick Fury, but um, yeah, I, I, that, I don't disagree I, with that. Yeah, yeah. I would want to think she's probably gone. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's definitely my thinking. Uh, Nate, I want to get your thoughts about uh, Maria Hill, the big spoiler um, here in uh, episode one of Secret Invasion. Well, I hope that she's not dead because I did not find that death satisfying uh, at all. It was like super telegraphed. And the idea that Maria Hill, who is like the person who is in charge of things now that Nick's in space, uh, just conveniently forgets that the pers- people that they're after can change into other people. <laughs> like I, I can't imagine that that is like the first time that she's encountered a scroll especially now that they've been like kind of hunting scrolls or like on this rebellious faction like yeah you can't trust the people around you you got to be careful you know you have to have like code words and stuff so where's the kevlar like yeah with all the technology we don't have the budget for have like some super thin or doesn't protect you from the radiation of dirty bombs okay (laughs) merit well, as uh, I put up in the chat, dirty bombs done dirt cheap in honor of ACDC. <laughs> yes. I do think she. we're going to see her again. Okay. And I, I do think that what you're supposed to think is, oh, it's a scroll impersonating her. But I, do, I think it's actually going to be her. And we're going to find out that that was a life model decoy that died. Because that, that is a very shield uh, thing to do. And mm. that's definitely something that... I, at least in my mind, and according to Connick's canon, that's something that Nick would have like been like, hey, you should do this, because that's something he yeah. was very big on. Right. Um, so I I mean, granted, it didn't like make robot sounds when she died or, or anything like that, and, and who knows, and I could be totally, totally wrong. But I... I yeah. Just like Eric said, too, like, I really find it hard to believe, especially as they have expressly said, like, we don't want the shows to be mandatory. And yes, Maria is not a huge character where it's like, wow, who, where, what happened to Maria? I haven't seen her in the last couple movies, but still to like kill her off, off screen, essentially in the TV show. Um, yeah, I I mean, the, the one thing that I, I have as a thought there is that there was literally no plan to have her in any of the upcoming movies. And so they're like, okay, yeah, you can kill her. But I, I agree that there is definitely a chance. I think for it to have the impactful moment, uh, it, 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 she should stay dead. But if they want to try and come up with a very comic booky explanation, uh, I am sure that they will. Uh, before we look ahead to the rest, uh, Lewis, Lewis Cox popped into the chat. Hey, Christian Blatt and everyone from Marvel Movie News, I love Across the Spider-Verse. So did I. I haven't yet seen Sacred Invasion, so boy, I hope you're not still watching. Uh, I was doing something else. Will Zia be on Marvel Movie News? Uh, I'm right here. Yeah. I'm the low-budget scroll of Zia. Yeah, I know. God, Zia saved all her OnlyFans money to get those enhancements and, uh, (laughs) well... Uh, you know, look, look, look where it got her. Uh, anyway, she's always welcome. We hope to have her on. I don't know if she's watching this show, but uh, we were texting very mean things at each other this morning, so we will see. I William Wall. Okay, sorry. Let me just read this. William in the chat. I've only seen the episode once. Same here. And I might have imagined this, but I thought the scar on her face changed position between when she was shot and when Fury went to help her. I'm going to have to uh, go ahead and check on that. I did not notice that, but that would be that would definitely be a telling sign that it's not actually her. So if anybody else noticed that, say so in the chat. I, I and William's only asking. He just thought he's not saying I did a side by side comparison. That is the case. Uh, as we uh, wind down our conversation about episode one, but don't worry, we've got another topic coming in a moment. Um, what do we expect to get? from the next five episodes of Secret Invasion, and what do we most hope we will get? I'll ask you first, Nate. 
uh radiation sickness hopefully <laughs> is what we get um i don't know i just want them to like i really liked she hulk because from like the first episode the show knew what it was and it really like leaned into that and had fun yeah. and like i feel like this show just doesn't know what it is um the guy directing it saying he expressly didn't read secret invasion before directing it like then why is it called Secret Invasion? So I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, I the one thing I'm hoping that. for, I'm hoping for some flashbacks. I hope we get some like really weird, deep faked, uh, younger Samuel Jackson, or like maybe some flashbacks with Maria Hill, or like some. I want some. If they're gonna give us this like Nick Fury led show where like you got to care about him and he's losing his will to fight and all this stuff and like give me some more of him doing stuff other than like walking around with a manila folder and being like, you, you're going to be on my team. Like, okay. Like I don't really care about him as much. And so if they can establish some type of a backstory, I I think I'll be able to buy in a little bit more. No, I think uh, I, I, I definitely agree with that. I think Fury's going to make or break this show, so let's see what they do with him. Uh, Michael Shirley, your thoughts for what you would like to see over these next five episodes and maybe if your expectations don't match your hopes and your dreams for Secret Invasion. Uh, I'm with Nate. I want to see backlash from like radiation poisoning. I want to see... Well, then you should I mean, definitely watch the HBO series Chernobyl from a few years ago. You get I've seen it. I've seen it's it. Great. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, I feel like for this to really, like, let Samuel L. Jackson shine, he's got to go out with a bang. We need to see the fallout of this bomb, like, wear and tear on him and motivate him more um and every good actor wants their character you know when they die to have a really great death so i think they have an opportunity to really explore that in this series but other than that i i want to see a lot more olivia coleman i love her just in every single thing she does. I don't know if I've ever watched her in something and been disappointed in her abilities as an actress. I just think she's incredible. Yeah, I, I would assume that she's there because we're going to get uh, a, a lot uh, more out of her. And uh, by the way, I'll just put this out here at episode one. She's definitely a squirrel. That's just my vibe on her. Definite squirrel. Not uh, she always was, but I think she is now. But uh, we... We'll see. And for our birthday boy, I would like to ask Eric your thoughts about uh, the rest of the season. Uh, what? First of all, I mean, I, I do think this captured both my essence and my cheekbones, um, my, my my fine sculpted face. So Michael so did that you special for you. I cannot oh, take credit. Michael I could did not that. be any happier. <laughs> I'm going to put this shit on the t-shirt for next year when I turn 50. Um, so what I'm looking, I, it's funny. Like we're talking about, you know, the dirty bombs. It's like this horrible thing we want, which is we want, we want radiation poisoning. We want limbs sure. falling off. We want blood coming out of mouth and, or we're going to get more likely. And it was a comment. I apologize. I don't recall who said it in the chat, but some kind of, they switched the bombs, which is cheap. And in some ways, I prefer radiation poisoning over that. But that's, I feel like we're more likely going to get, oh, yeah, no, no, those were, those were not dirty bombs. Uh, which would make more sense because otherwise there's a massive plot hole right there uh, in terms of the production value getting in the way of the storytelling. Uh, I mean, as far as where it goes, I think the concern I had from the beginning is when I saw Secret Invasion first pop up on the calendar for future MCU TV shows. That to me was a moment that was a little disheartening because I thought Secret Invasion would be actually a terrific, you know, couple of movies. And yeah. and I think the concern I have is the only time we're really going to see a legitimate sort of superhero scroll is going to be at, as a, you know, a final moment at the end of episode six, you know, post credit sequence where suddenly, uh, I, you know, um, 
someone's going to show up like one of the guardians or something and they're going to actually be a scroll like and that and that feels like such a missed opportunity i agree that like the secret invasion comic line was so cool because it could truly have been any of them and uh but that all being said i, I think if anything if they called this something besides secret invasion i think maybe we'd bump up less like if it really was just called fury you know or or hasselhoff you know, then we would have been perfectly happy with what we had here. But because it ties into this really, you know, I thought it was a pretty legit story run in the Marvel world, uh, in the Marvel comic world. It, it, it is hard to kind of be compared to that. That all being said, I, I just expect, right, more scrolls appearing. I mean, they have such great actors in this. Olivia Coleman. We didn't really even talk about Ben Mendelsohn, who I know has appeared before. But he's a he is terrific. Like, he's another one. Anytime he shows up he makes whatever he's doing better. Um, and so just the idea that on one show, we have the two of them and Samuel L. Jackson. I feel like sometimes we take for granted how remarkable the cast of the Marvel universe is. And then of course, and Don Cheadle maybe shows up again. I don't know, but those are all Academy Award nominees and winners and Emmy winners. Like they're terrific. So I just hope we get, get more of them doing their thing, like giving them the chance to actually, act you know and and not just sort of spout exposition yeah no i think uh you know you have this cast assembled let's see what uh they actually do with it uh cammy egan mentioned samuel jackson's an executive producer for the show so i hope it gets better here's a little secret a lot of times you're made an executive producer so they can spread out your salary so that they're not paying you all as an actor. A lot of times, not saying that he's not involved. I'm just saying he's not necessarily, but you know what, regardless of whether or not you get what you want from this, uh, we have something very exciting to look forward to on August, uh, sorry, October 6th. Yes. Craven will be in theaters for Sony. Uh, Eric and I were tipped off by uh, someone we know in the Sony camp. Mm -hmm. And uh, we knew that this trailer was coming because I guess only because someone leaked it. So then they had to go ahead and uh, we will have Aaron Taylor Johnson, who some of you might remember as the bad Quicksilver. Uh, he will be Craven. Uh, here in not the MCU, but whatever the, the Sony universe explanation is for it. And his father will be Zeus, uh, Russell Crowe. Uh, some things that you'll learn from if you catch the Craven trailer. And um, I don't, I, I'm going to just uh, offer a, a broad thought first, but I want to know what each of you think. Uh, <laughs> it uh, made me long for, uh, for Morbius kind of uh, looking at <laughs> Morbius wow. trailer. Had, had some flash and and I think that they even showed I think they even gave us the reveal of Michael Keaton in the uh, the Morbius trailer uh, because they kind of knew uh, you know this has a flash of a couple of spiders you know, a glimpse of a couple of spiders uh, but uh, this um, this looks bad I don't know another way to say it um, this does not look good Craven is apparently not Craven the Hunter. He's just a guy who doesn't want to hunt for our visual audience. You're seeing him uh, stare down a lion whom he cannot hunt. And uh, don't worry, though, because the lion's blood gets into his bloodstream and gives him the strength of a lion. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Um, <laughs> it's not a radioactive lion. It's just a regular uh, lion. But I'm pretty sure that's what happens. That's, that's why I have the strength of a schnauzer. I was once bitten by one of a child. <laughs> Honestly, it, it kind of explains a lot. Uh, so I, uh, I I didn't know what to say to our friend who let us know that this uh, trailer was released. So all I wrote back was, thanks for the heads up. Uh, uh, because, you know, I mean, look, if somebody works for Sony, uh, you know, I mean, it, look, I'm just excited for Morbius 2 Morbin time. I mean, that's all that this made me. And yes, he does bite, he does bite someone's nose off. Uh, to spite their face. So uh, I want to know what uh, what, what uh, the, the rest of our panel assembled. Uh, Michael, I know you don't usually venture into the movie theater to see any of the big movies, but clearly Craven is the one that's going to get you back into the movie theater, right? 
I mean, he's pretty hot for a guy with brown hair. Uh, uh, I, I like him, but I also feel like Russell Crowe could be Craven, which is like also weird. I mean, I think in the year 2000, Russell Crowe would have been Craven. So. Yeah. But I don't have a lot of expectations for this movie, but when it hits streaming platforms, I'm definitely going to watch it. Yeah, you can have uh, you, you can you you can have a double bill of that and and Electra and uh, <laughs> uh, maybe one of the other ones. Uh, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look great. Um, it's interesting because Aaron Taylor Johnson is uh, an actor that in general. I, I like to think I like him as an actor, despite the fact that I thought he was a bad Quicksilver and he was in a terrible Godzilla movie where, oddly, he was married to Elizabeth Olsen, who, like, a year later would play his sister. But he was really good in this movie where he played John Lennon, uh, and also the first Kick-Ass was great. So I like him, but, man, do they does he end up in a lot of bad stuff? And uh, this looks like it's going to be part of that trend. Uh, Nate, uh, excited for Craven the Hunter uh, when you first heard about it? Was this uh, one that you're like, oh, this is going to be good? Or is this exactly what you expected when you knew that Sony would be making a Craven film? Um, I mean, I didn't hear about it until the trailer came out the other day. And I made it <laughs> I made it about as far until he bit the nose off the dude. And then I stopped watching. Um, and then you sent it to me this morning to watch it. And I, I not watched well, you'd it. Already see, you'd already I'm, seen I, enough. I, I was yeah, thinking already for making me watch the rest of what I just watched without the sound off. Like, <laughs> this is just like, and again... I understand that these it's at the end of the day, it's all about making money for these studios. Right. So like even a crappy action movie is going to make more, people are going to go see it just because the name is Craven. Like you, you could have named this guy, you could have named this beast boy. Like, you know, it's, it has nothing to do with Craven. Right. Except for maybe like there's some light hunting and then like the outfit is like kind of inspired by the comics. Like, like what are we doing? This is this is Sony going. We're not giving you the Spider-Man stuff. No, we're holding on. We're we're gonna keep making stuff so we can hold on to these trademarks and like yeah. I don't know. I just I, not craving it, huh? It's not a comic book movie, like in any regards at all. It's it's a it could be a a. <laughs> that was a really good cereal, by the way. Oh yeah, Crave is uh, something. Oh no, now my. Now my light is thrown off. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's what I get for putting up uh, my. Oh, uh, my that's, that that, so that will learn me. Like darkness uh, in my life yeah. by making you watch that. Trailer. Oh, but look, yeah, I've 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 brought lightness back to your life because you don't ever have to watch the Craven trailer again, Nate. Uh, so, Eric, uh, which one of us gets to dress as Craven for the Halloween party? Uh, you're going to be throwing the party again, and I'm sure I'm invited. Yeah. yeah. So oh, if yeah. you want I'll, I'll dibs, you can better. call it. I'll still come as Dr. Michael Morbius. That's fine if you want that. <laughs> I, I'm going to come as Craven's dad. Um, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you know, I, it's just I think all I have to do is a terrible accent, and then I can I got the role. Uh, I mean, it's funny seeing the, the digital blood that usually is reserved for, like, the Expendables. Um, you know, like <laughs> the, the, the stuff that's like, oh, uh, well, we got an R rating. Ariana, blood it up, blood it up. Uh, the, yeah. the him biting a nose off and spitting it towards the camera. That's a special kind of moment, though. I, I, I don't <laughs> want to dismiss that amidst all this stuff. Yeah, honestly, if As it went more in that direction, do. yeah, I um, can't wait to one day watch this with my my son and uh, yeah. be like, oh, this is special. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, but and you know, of course, like I'm gonna have to be there opening night because of my son. You know, he will demand this, and well, then I have to explain to him about life, and you don't bite off the nose of your enemies. You know, I like, just like I just have a feeling that uh, you won't need to be there at opening night because I'm pretty sure that our friend at Sony is going to invite me, you know, plus six to the press screening. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure everyone at the Geekscape Network here in Los Angeles is uh, ready. We all have to wear the jacket, though. I mean, I, I think that's the one thing I, I, I would demand. I will let you know that uh, Geekscape's own Jonathan London uh, loved this trailer. Uh, he couldn't get enough of it. But in the way that we're talking about it, that's the way that he loved it. Oh, so, sure. uh, yeah. Uh, so, well, and, yeah. And, and I, uh, 
one other thing I was going to say, as far yeah. as like what Sony's doing here, and, and that's the frustrating part. I mean, do you, a bunch of years ago, I, I don't remember which studio had the rights to Thunderball. And, uh, you know, like Never Say Never Again <laughs> is a remake of Thunderball. And they right. were going to do three or four other remakes of that film. That was like a plan they had floating around to hold yes. on to the rights. And and that's the thing, too. It's like, I, I mean, if you have the rights to a character, great. Like, go and do something with it. But unfortunately, like what we've seen thus far from this sort of Sony side of the Spider-Verse has been like just perpetually disappointing, even though they they seem to dress him up right. Like Aaron Taylor Johnson's a perfectly legit actor. Just yeah, like uh, uh, what's his name? Bane is a good actor for for Venom. But the, these movies like they they just keep I mean, Tom Hardy. No, I'm Bane, Bane is a good actor for Venom. They, yeah. 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 You know, you know and, Mad Max Fury Road, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I and then I'm not necessarily feeling the love for uh, was it Madam Webb? That we're getting oh, no. next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I that casting is whack. Yeah, so I, I just the casting like, is whack. The <laughs> the entire premise is whack. Like it doesn't. I don't know what the premise whack. is. I don't know how they're gonna work her in and get us. Exactly. About it. We're not gonna care. No yeah. It's the same yeah. thing as this movie. They're like, yeah. What if we just they just have like a a picture of like Spider Man from like 2003 with like a poster <laughs> with all of his villains, and they're just like throwing darts, and they're like, yeah, make a movie about that guy. Yeah. <laughs> about what? I don't know. About the guy. He's he's he he wears furs and he hunts animals and stuff right i don't know he got bit by a lion like what well, uh, our friend daniel has a great point i still wish venom had done badly so sony right. would have given up on these live action marvel movies it's true because they're like look we did it we somehow made money and then they made a second venom and uh is you it know. not good i haven't seen the second one but the i just recently saw the first one and i loved it uh how much do you like woody harrelson uh, I mean, I'd go party with him. Yeah, I think, look, I think uh, at different points in our life, we all would have. But uh, that's going to really determine how much you enjoy the movie. It would have been such mo so much better if they had made it just a Carnage movie and then just yeah. like had a Venom cameo like in the end or something. I like agree, actually, them yeah. choosing Craven and Madam Web, like there are some characters, some side characters that could have interesting stories on their own, but they keep outside of venom like morbius morbius who who cares like they keep picking these villains that are not interesting and then like their whole thing is to be to be opposite of spider-man and so like what makes it interesting is the symbiosis between the two of them like venom at least had like very quickly developed that kind of anti-hero stuff right and so there there is some story to be had there but i just don't know what they're thinking with Craven, except for yeah. gotta keep the rights. Y'all don't want y'all haven't even mentioned Rhino. Oh my god. Yeah, because I, Nate, you didn't watch till the end. Uh, was it Paul Giamatti Rhino? It's not Paul Giamatti oh, Rhino. And the world was better with a Paul Giamatti Rhino. I, I think with, with, so. with the worst Russian accent ever, including all I would watch the wrestlers. You would oh, watch yeah. a Paul Giamatti Rhino movie? Yeah, I'd watch that for sure. I don't oh like they're doing that like that. Like, uh, what? they should I also automatically not do it because of that. I mean, what? our Peter Parker knows that I, the Iron Man, you know, so it's like, you know how I feel about recasting. It's like the second Becky, you With know. It's a good actor, though. That guy, Alessandro Nivola, I've, I've, I've actually seen him on Broadway. He's a, he's a totally legit actor. Who's yeah. done some crappy films along the way, including one that I know Christian, you and I both hated, The Many Saints of Newark. Um, but he has yeah. the line here. I know you can't play the audio, but no, the line is, yeah. the line is my favorite line of all time. Uh, allow me to show you why they called me the Rhino. And then <laughs> and it's like that's the line they chose. I, I think you nailed it. I, I think it's better that you did it than him. Mm. So. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it, it like looks bad. And then they're like, oh, but wait, we've got this. So we'll go into uh, terrible territory. And you know what? I bet that's the post-credit screen that they, uh, post-credit scene that they decided to put in the trailer. Uh, Kemi Egan, Sony did a great job with Spider-Verse. Why are they making a disaster of the live action films? 
Uh, Daniel Drew immediately answered, the animation people are better. They are different executives. Uh, there's also, there's a lot more that they can do with the animation. Um, so uh, we'll count the days down to uh, Craven, uh, not just yet, but uh, in the near future, we'll start counting down. But for now, uh, we'll just count down to next week when we'll be back to talk more about Secret Invasion. I believe it'll be at the same time. But if it isn't, I'll let you know. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ChristianDMZ for information such as that. Uh, Nate, where can people find you and uh, try to convince you to watch the Craven trailer again? Uh, if you want to send me all of the secret uh, Craven Easter eggs that are going to be in the movie to make me watch it, you can find me at Dog Like Nate on Twitter, Instagram, and Zanga, and, and uh, Tumblr, and all that stuff. Uh, you want to give out your Venmo, or is that good? You do. <laughs> I mean, why not? Bam. Yeah. The people I who mean, know, they know where to find it. That's right. <laughs> they know where. To... Uh, Michael Shirley, where? Yeah. Can people find you? You guys can find me on Instagram at I hate Michael Shirley. And what about Twitter? I'm really not pushing my Twitter. Like I'm the one time I'm ready out. to say Michael X Shirley, and then you don't want to plug it. Yeah. Twitter bums me out. Like I agree. my I have like a much larger following on Twitter, but I have such low engagement because people just follow me. For like famous people I work with or famous people I know, and because exactly. you're not paying for Twitter Blue, yeah, I just that's, feel like Twitter's kind of a joke, and I kind of treat it as a joke, so I'm not really pushing that. But if you have to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Michael X Shirley. And uh, birthday boy Eric Connor, uh, what what's on tap? Uh, the, well, me the... and the real Rhino. Uh, <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> Count Eric Connor over at Instagram and uh, at Twitter, where I have taken all of Michael X Shirley's engagement and I have, I have, I've educated <laughs> them and turned them into much better human beings. But uh, and... by the way, th thank you for the birthday. Oh, what a wonderful way to oh, celebrate a birthday. This that reminds me. Uh, do you identify as Gem Gemini or Cancer? Uh, cusp pronouns. Like what's this your is <laughs> this What's is a terrific pronoun? question, Michael. Uh, up until the time I was in my early 20s, I always thought I was a Gemini. I moved to L.A. Someone did my charts very early after mm -hmm. I got here, and I found out I'm actually a Cancer, not a cancer Gemini. Cancer twins. Cancer. July 14th, get ready. I hope it's on a, I hope it's on a Tuesday a or Wednesday. Oh, Wait, oh, when's your birthday, Michael? The 14th. I hope it's a Wednesday. Oh, you guys uh, a picture of me. We're we will celebrate on whatever the I'll Photoshop the you into this. Yeah, fourteenth uh, <laughs> of July is a Friday, so we'll celebrate early. Okay, that's what oh. our plan is. Uh, but uh, that is uh, all the time we have for this week. Make sure to uh, look for us next week and make sure to look for Eric at the Shakey's on San Fernando in Burbank. <laughs> where he'll be having his traditional birthday dinner. That is all the time we have for now. Uh, but as the great Stan Lee would say, Excelsior! <laughs>